Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. A Friday morning. Looking ahead to the weekend. And look at this. We have real sports to talk about. I mean, we got the fake real sports. You know, the draw for the MLS soccer tournament. It's not a game, right? It's not competition. But it sets competition up. It's not. When are they going to come back? How many players are they going to send? What's the bubble going to look like? We actually have the pairings and the draw. What a miraculous draw it was, too. Cynic. And we got real golf, PGA Tour. Not a major, but it's a PGA Tour event. The field's pretty close to a major, 16 of the top 20. They're at the Colonial. So, uh, hey, that's a good Friday morning, right? We got two things. Oh, we have one NBA note, too. Uh, small note, but I saw that uh, Woj tweeting out that the NBA was going to move the schedule up one day and start games on July 30th. So better to move it up one day than move it back one day. That's what I say. So absolutely. And if you want to move it up a week, I will totally sign off on that. That would be okay. I don't think they'll do it. But July 30 now the start date instead of July 31. So there's that. That's the NBA news. The uh, the soccer, so they're going to have a, a World Cup-like tournament, group play, and those group games are going to count as regular season games. And they're making sure that East is playing East and West is playing West. Uh, they had two 13-team conferences. So they moved an expansion team with no tradition, Nashville, into the East. Called it good. So uh, 14 groups in the West. Now there's only 12 teams. And it was really a a miracle how many rivals got drawn into the same group. I mean, crazy. Okay, I'll give you the New York teams didn't get drawn together. But the two Ohio teams, Columbus and Cincinnati, did. Two Canadian teams in the East, Montreal and Toronto, are in the same group. Two teams in Florida, Orlando and Miami, are in the same group. (laughs) little fishy. And in the West, if you just flip Portland and Dallas, it'd be perfect. The two L.A. teams got drawn together. That would put Houston and Dallas together in the same group with the L.A. teams. I guess the one thing is Portland didn't end up with their Cascadia Cup rivals because Seattle and Vancouver are in the same group. And San Jose did not end up in a group with the other two L.A. teams. So all the California teams were together. But aside from that, you know, RSL's in a group with Colorado and with Sporting Kansas City, who they've got a long playoff history with. They met in the postseason, played a bunch of chippy games. These two teams don't like each other so much that at one point they had a preseason game, and they were just lumping each other up and down the field, just you know, biting ankles and kicking each other and stepping on feet and just throwing elbows. They actually abandoned the match. It was that bad. And they're barely even playing soccer at that point. They're just beating each other up. So, pretty convenient the way the draw worked out. Borderline miraculous, as Cynic would say. Oh, never mind. Whatever. So they're going to uh, Orlando. They'll get going July 8th. The tournament wraps up in August, and then they're hoping, slash expecting, to come back and just start playing every week. And I think in some cases, twice a week. But that schedule isn't set, and they realize they got to be flexible depending on what different cities, different counties, and different states do. You know, one area could be a hot spot and you can't play. Another area could be okay. So they're going to be flexible, but the goal is to play once or twice a week uh, as soon as this tournament is over back in the home markets. But they're going to have to get closer. That date's still two months away. So, you know, who knows what it'll be like and, and where in two months, right? Right now, Texas is turning out to be a hot spot, but maybe it won't be then. Who knows? Uh, as far as the golf, and they are in Texas, the, they're playing the Colonial. It was odd. I mean, you, you watch the PGA Tour, and it looks like college golf. It looks like some of the European Tour events. Um, quality play was pretty good. It really what you expect out of the Colonial. It's a, it's a shorter course for the pros. It's 7,200 yards. That's not much for those guys. 
They, um, it's par 70. It's missing a couple of the par 5s, which these guys would just annihilate. Um, and nonetheless, they're just going low. But that's, that's kind of traditional. This is what scores look like at the Colonial. Uh, Justin Rose, Harold Varner III are 7 under par. There's a group of four golfers at 6 under who shot 64s. Justin Thomas, the big name among those four. Um, then there's another big group at uh, 5 under, uh, including... Uh, Bryson DeChambeau. So you gotta like that. You gotta love, gotta love having the Aztec in there. I think there's like uh, Xander Shoffley is in there. Xander, my Aztec. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is another big name in there. Not as big as the Aztec. All right, the biggest name is Jordan Spieth. Um, so uh, those are the guys who are all tied for seventh. They're at five under and they're two back. And so there are 15 golfers within two shots of the lead. 15 golfers at 65 or better. Imagine that. You go out and shoot a 66. Most of us could never even comprehend anything like that. You go out and shoot a 66 or even a 67, like, whatever. Um, a bunch of big names at 68, including uh, Tony Finau. Tony Finau started, uh, didn't start that well, but he birdied three of the last four holes. Not really on TV because, you know, when you're one one under or one over at that point, um, you know you're kind of out of the hunt. You know you're eight shots off the pace, but he made up some ground, helped himself out, got to two under for the day. A lot of big names at 68, which is five shots off the lead. Roy Sabatini's there, Patrick Reed and Jason Duffner at 68. Bubba Watson, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka are all at 68. So there are uh, Tony Finau's in some pretty good company, and uh, and he's going to go out early. Uh, this morning. He's not out yet, uh, but he's going to go out here in about, mm, what, like uh, another two hours, I guess. Um, And so we'll be able to update you on how his second round, uh, how his second round progresses. So for Finau, not bad there. The 68, five shots off the lead at the Colonial. And you know, we'll see where it goes from here, but you know, honestly, it looked it looked pretty normal. Now the difference is, you know, they go on the air, and you can't hear the golfers, you know, because there's there's no gallery, there's no fans there, and so you hear all the golfers, you know, pretty bleeping good shot right there. Like, all right, we've got our first f bomb of the round. Sweet. Well, that's not true, but we probably got our first televised f bomb of the round. Who knows, you know, in some other hole, what somebody said or didn't say. Who knows? Who knows what kind of excitement we could be in for the next three days? Jim Nance just apologizing right out of the gate. Hello, friends. I'm Jim Nance. Haven't been on TV in three months. And Oh, sorry you had to hear that. Well, what'd you expect, really, right? All right. So, uh, you know, it was it was fun when, uh, when it was the... Uh, Tiger and Phil, the little made-for-TV deal they did with uh, Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady. It was good because you could hear the comedy. Now they're going to be competing here. This isn't a major, and it's the first one back, so there may be a little bit of a funky vibe to this one because they're all going to be so happy to be there. Um, but it'll get a little more competitive on the weekend, you know, with whoever has a chance to win. A PGA Tour wins a big deal. Even if it's not a major, it's still a big deal. And uh, it might tighten up a little bit. I don't know if they'll be as loose and funny. I, honestly, I watch this and I keep waiting for someone to just crush a ball and say, yeah, I activated my calves. To me, that was really the takeaway, that Phil, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Phil can really talk. If we learned anything, Phil can really talk. And Tiger looking at the time. Yeah, every time we play, this is what I have to put up with. This is it. I'm going to activate my calves. 
that and him over describing the chip shot and just breaking it down in painstaking detail, which was kind of interesting, but I get if you're really good, it's also kind of tedious. I'm not. I'm learning. I mean, I'm honestly, whenever he says stuff like that, I'm listening because Phil knows about a thousand times more than I do about golf, so I'm intrigued to pick up anything I can. But I get for somebody else, he'd be looking at him like, oh, hit the ball already, would you? So we'll probably get a mix of that as this tournament goes on, the, uh, the Colonial. And uh, then we'll be off and running. And we had, if you missed it, we had uh, Brian Taylor from Real Golf Radio. He and Bob Casper on every Saturday morning here on the Zone Sports Network. And he said, you know, this is a good field. 16 of the top 20 are playing, even though Tiger isn't. But 16 of the top 20 guys on the money list are playing. And he said this is going to be pretty normal because these guys are behind on events. They need to pick up points to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. And they sat, you know. They, they don't play in the fall. That's their downtime. And then depending on who they are and where they live and what they're comfortable with, maybe they play a little on the West Coast. Maybe they play a lot. Uh, but they kind of had their downtime. And the time that these last 13 weeks we haven't been playing, it's kind of go time. So guys are behind on their events. So they're going to play week in and week out. And we're not really going to have a lot of bad fields. We're gonna, it's going to be pretty good golf here. All right, DJ and PK. Uh, coming up, Joe Ingles. Uh, Joe Ingles joined us yesterday, and we always love to play him for you uh, early risers, and we will get to him next. Also, Craig Bowlerjack on the way, so a lot of NBA basketball coming up. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. It's time to talk a little basketball with Joe Ingles. Joe came on yesterday during the show. We always love to replay it on Friday. For you, the early risers. Uh, Joe is brought to you in part by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Here's Joe Ingles talking about the return to action, the slow but steady buildup, the return to the grind. Here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, are you really, really are, are you really great or are you just messing with us, Joe? No, I'm really great. We were curious because we had you on last time and you said you didn't know a lot of details because uh, Chris Paul was handling it all and, you know, you just trust the team reps and the, the union head and all that. But now we've heard about these calls, 40 to 50 players on conference calls, getting details, getting questions answered. 
Are you part of that, or are you still just kind of uh, letting everybody else handle it and going with the flow? I am not a part of that. <laughs> I mean, all, all the calls have been um, open, I guess, open to, to all the players. So um, a link or whatever will get sent. Um, I've been on some early ones. Uh, I've been on a lot of, obviously, team ones, but um, been a little busy recently. But, um, yeah, I, like I said, we... There's always someone from every team. We get a text or an email with with talking points or whatever it is, and um, so yeah, I, I leave it to my my trusted reps. Do you have any idea if there'll be any players who will choose not to go? Um, I don't. Uh, I mean, I don't for sure. No. Um, do I think there will be players that don't go? Absolutely. Uh, I think um, I think it was Woj or someone tweeted yesterday that like one of the concerns or the talking points was still for, for players, and um, some people probably think it's ridiculous that we that we worry about our own health and safety because we. Um, I mean, I've had it. I've had when that statement came out about me not playing early on, and then it got retweeted by some of your friends um everyone a lot of people right like you, you get paid all this money like just go and play which obviously they don't um obviously have a good understanding of of, of what we like it's i don't know i could get into it way too deep and i'll get way too mad but um there's obviously still concerns there's still stuff we don't know about it um so do I think players, some players or, or a player won't go? Sure. Out of 22, 22 teams, what is it, 16, 17 per team, give or take? Um, do I think there'll be at least one player? For sure, I think there will be, yeah. So your situation seems a, a little unusual here with your wife being pregnant. Uh, are you going to be able to leave for the birth of the child? Have they talked to you about that? How does that work? That seems like an unusual set of circumstances, but there have got to be a lot of people with unusual circumstances. This is, you know, yours. Yeah. Um, well, we planned it really well um, that the pandemic would hit and we'd, the season would get pushed back three months, then we'd start again, and then... Um, we're actually due in the end of November. So um, I think the, the last possible game of, I think they said game seven of the NBA finals would be like middle of October or something like that. So, um, yeah, we planned it really well timing-wise. So regardless, I'll be with Renee at that time. Um, even if we do play in December and, and go back early, um, or whatever the date is for the next year, we'll obviously be in preseason or something. But I'll I'll be able to obviously be there. Um, there is, I'm sure, other pe- other players and, and other guys in different circumstances. But I'm sure there's other people that have um, kids due around that time, or, or family, or, or whatever the situation is. But um, I think one of the the points and one of the things they're going to have to figure out, and I don't know if they have or not yet, is it is people leaving. If, if someone needs to fly out for their, their mum or their dad or their, their, their wife or whoever it is, um, at the start, we're not allowed, like no one's allowed there except the players and the staff. So 
if someone was going to have a baby, they have to have to be able to let them go and see their baby. Obviously, I don't know what that means when they come back. They have to sit out when they come back. They have to quarantine. There's um, there's obviously got to be some kind of protocol around that because there's, there's no doubt. I don't know everyone's personal situations, but I'm pretty confident um, someone's going to be in that situation at, at this time. So when you guys get down to Orlando next month, you'll have uh, two, three weeks of training before the season starts. Do you know if that training camp is going to be like the training camp that you normally have preceding a season, late September, early October? Um, not really. Um, I don't know how much. I mean, I'm sure the coaches are you know, training and stuff for it. Um, again, one of the, the weirdest things about this is just obviously the unknown in it all. And um, we, we've been doing a lot of individual stuff. I've, I've been going into the facility, which I'm sure some people are really happy about. Um, and you just kind of build up. Over time. From what I was doing a week or two ago to now is a lot more. And, um, obviously, it's individual and by myself. I don't, uh, I'm not breaking any rules. Don't worry. Um, but then we'll get, obviously, it'll build up to more and then it'll build up to whatever it is, team practice or three-on-three three or whatever it is, and then we'll obviously get into a time five and five. And I think we'll, we'll have to play a lot of five and five. I think that's um, inevitable. We need to obviously play games and get up and down the court with contact to, to get as ready as we can. Um, and we'll see what happens, I guess. I, I'm... I would hate to see Quinn's mind ticking over with all this time that he's had. <laughs> so what kind of things do they have you doing now? What have you kind of scaled up to? So I go in and, and lift. Um, so I'm heading in there now. Um, I'm actually sitting in a drive through coffee. So if I have to put my order in, everyone will hear what I'm going to have. Um, go in and lift for, for an hour or so, depending on whatever your schedule is um, or your program, and then on court for about, 30 to 45, 50 minutes. Um, I, I do a lot of shooting. I run up and down. I've got a certain amount of laps up and down the court I need to get each week or each session. Um, and that builds up over the time. So it's just a, a lot of different things. So when you get together in July, will you be in a shape that is similar that you're normally in when you get together that the, in the regular training camp in September? Say that again. Sorry, you cut out. When you get together in July, what will be your shape as far as being compared to the shape that you're in when you start usual training camp in September? Well, I still probably won't have a six-pack. Um, I'll still definitely be slow. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, really, it's really hard to tell. Uh, I feel like, um, I think I said it last week and week before, that I felt, really good like I feel like I'm in a really good spot I've, I've got to lift more than I've ever, ever kind of lifted consistently in a, in a, in a standard kind of block of, of time um, my fitness uh, like I said I've been doing these like kind of links up and down the core and, and every time I do it and, and the next week I'm doing up and a uh, lap or two more um, I feel better and better each week so um, the basketball's slowly getting back to I think obviously not not having access to a corner for so long you you just lose a bit of rhythm so I've been, been getting a lot of shots up and stuff uh, which has been really good but but uh, I think but I mean by the time the games come I feel like I'll be obviously 
ready to go. Um, I hope there's no media invited to the first practice because that might be a little bit ugly. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone will be ready to go once that time comes because they, uh, one of the big... One of the big points or whatever has, has been the uh, the access to, to practice and all that to, to make sure we're ready. So um, they have to they have to do the right amount of time because we, we we've gone from playing a pretty intense season of sixty whatever games and then just kind of stopping um, all of a sudden. So um, they, they've got to give us the right amount of time, and I, I think they've, they've put that into their obviously their protocols that they they will give us the amount of time to, to be ready. We heard earlier in the week that they're considering a really uh, congested schedule for next season. More back-to-backs. They'll go back to four games and five nights, which they've been eliminating those over the last few years. Uh, and I say, I th- didn't we just didn't we just work all that out? And I so we didn't have to do that. <laughs> well, the the thing is, they're trying to get the eighty-two games in the playoffs in with the yeah. late start, and they also want to finish in time to get the elite players off to the Olympics. You're obviously one of those. I expect you're going to be playing with Australia next year. And so I was just wondering, as you're yeah. talking about adding more muscle, I mean, you're getting ready to play in Orlando. That's a, but, but in the back of your mind, you've got to be thinking about starting July 31 and then going around the calendar to the Tokyo data, I think it's like July 23rd or something like that, yeah. the start of the Olympics. So you're looking at... Wow, I don't know when in your career you will have played this many games in a 12 to 13 month period with your international play. Maybe you have, but this sounds like it'll be pretty intense on you physically. Yeah, um, we've actually had some initial conversations about that. Um, it hasn't gone obviously too in depth of, of a plan or what exactly, but we've been um, our head of kind of health and fitness and, and all that of. It came up because it's it's a realistic thing, and like you said, and and they know um, the guys have been unreal at supporting me and in letting me play as well, and supporting me in playing with the national team. So they know I want to play. Uh, they know I will play. <laughs> um, but there has to be obviously some some thought process and plan behind it because, like you said, I mean, it's um, I've played a lot of games before. I've, I've played a lot of games in my life, but probably not in the amount of time that, that is going to be this more or less like a year time frame, give or take. Um, so, yeah, we, we've, it has come up and, and it's been talked about a little bit. Uh, I'm sure behind the scenes they're doing a lot more kind of thoughts and, and planning to it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to basically go into to kind of whatever this part is, finish that, have a little break, basically get back into pre-season um, and then that season will finish depending on, like you said, when it when it finishes and how many games we can get in and, and, and how far we go with, with the Jazz. Um, and basically switch off there and, and go right to, to the Olympics, which is obviously a, a huge tournament for us and the way we've been playing and, and playing fourth the last two tournaments. It's a, it's a big one for us. And um, I want us to be ready and raring to go for the Jazz, but also for, for that as well. So... Um, there'll be a planning process and um, I'm not going to let I don't want Joe's fans to think I'm going to start like resting games and sitting out just to be ready for the national team but um, there'll be a plan in, in place I'm sure and I'll um, listen to the, the professionals on it because um, I love playing for the Jazz and then being out there but I also love playing for my for my country as well so it's two, two very important teams that I, I love playing for. 
So the other night they have this jazz playback stuff, and it was some of your one of the games that you played that you played really well. You sit Did back you watch and it? watch it. Of course, I watched it. I watched it when it happened, and I was amazed. And then I rewatched it, and I was even more amazed. How about you? Did you watch it? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, have not watched so I, I we got into bed last night, and Renee was having a shower, and I was flicking through, and I saw that it was um, Jazz Phoenix or whatever it was last night, and I literally watched like maybe two possessions. Um, and then I turned it off. So, um, no, I, I, I don't really. We've we've watched some other film, like I've talked about through through our team and, and stuff like that. I, I haven't watched. I haven't just sat down and watched the game. But um, Mike Conley did inspire me the other day. We were on a I was on a call, and he, he obviously Mike is a headband guy. He put his headband on, so I yelled out to our equipment manager, and he got me a headband. So I. I practiced the other day with the headband on, which was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but only, whatever, two people saw it, or three people saw it, or however many people were in the gym, um, which for the NBA was the exact correct protocol that we were following. Um, but yeah, only a couple of people saw it, and I don't think anyone will ever see it again, to be honest. <laughs> we all want the white gauze. Come on, the white gauze, Joe. <laughs> no, that, uh, it's, it's not happening unless... Unless my eye gets busted open again, like it did, um, that was in. It wasn't pretty for. It wasn't pretty for me. It wasn't pretty for my family, and it definitely wasn't pretty for anyone else. So. But it was funny. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> I was lucky I didn't like get my eye taken out. That's what I was more worried about. <laughs> for sure. Hey, as long as we're on the uh, subject of uh, healthcare, you and uh, KeyBank partnered up to feed lunch, uh, give a free lunch to the frontline healthcare workers at the Fourth Street Clinic, uh, right downtown, not far. Drive by it, come going to uh, yeah. to the arena all the time, and they provide healthcare to the homeless population. And and we know with your son why you've been so active uh, in autism events. And I wondered why you chose uh, to do something for the Fourth Street Clinic. Well, um, I, I I think before before Jacob's diagnosis, we we'd always wanted to to give back as a as a family, and I said it when I signed up the other that it it was way too much money than I than I needed personally. I don't I could I can live a very basic life, and um, obviously I'm I'm not going to give it back, but I'm also going to use it in, in the right way and and try and help as many other people as possible and. Um, I got a reminder the other day. I think Sports Center posted with with Landon and the, the glasses and, and stuff like that. There's, there's always um, things we've done, and, and a lot of them have been behind the scenes. And I, I hope to keep a lot of them that way. But it, when the autism came up, it was an easy focus for us because our son was affected. I think anytime you're directly affected by something, you, you put all your effort and time and, and anything you can into to learning and researching and and trying to help others. Like I said, we're in a very lucky position. So if I can help other people um, who can't afford the, the services of, of what an autistic child needs, then, then we're going to do whatever we can to help. And um, this was just another, obviously, it's a, it's a crazy time in the world. And uh, I think a lot of people, I think I think when Mike came out and, and said what he said about what he donated and, and what he'd done, it's, you don't want to just kind of jump at it the first day and, and and just 
to someone or, or you want to find the right way and right way to do it. I thought that was something that could help. And um, obviously partnering with KeyBank, we, we were able to help a, a few different little businesses out um, just to keep them going um, in, a, in a really bizarre time in the world. Well, Joe, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for coming on with us again. And we will talk to you again next week. No worries. I couldn't think of anything better to do. There's Joe Ingles. Check him out every week right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Love to play him early in the morning for you, the early risers. And remember, you can listen to him anytime you want at 1280thezone.com. And of course, all the shows are available online at 1280thezone.com and also wherever you get your podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, whatever. All right, DJ and PK, Craig Bowlerjacks coming up next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Utah Jazz are back in action July 31st. The NBA restarts. What is TV going to look like? How are you going to see the Jazz games? How are they going to pull off the broadcast? For those of you curious about who's going to be in the bubble and who's out, who's going to be in the arena and who's out, Craig Bowlerjack doesn't know for sure, but he's starting to get a few ideas. Here's Bowler with PK and I on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Bowler, good morning. Hello, DJ, PK. We got to goof around here in a minute, Bowler, but we got some serious stuff to get to first. But all I'm going to okay. say is, Aunt B has become a topic, and I know you're going to want to weigh in. Uh-oh. Yeah, Uh-oh. I know you're going to want to weigh in. But first, before we get to that, the basketball portion of it, as the yeah. uh, as the plan comes out, have you heard anything more that involves you? How Jazz fans are going to be able to consume these games? You know more than you knew last time we talked to you. Well, I, I, I think as we get closer, uh, there's still some, you know, ongoing discussion. I think, you know, Kevin Harlan, uh, who I know and I did talk to after, I think it was a Bleacher report that came out, uh, and they were talking to him about TNT coverage, um, and it looked like they weren't going even to dive in to broadcasting live at the arena or at the site until the Easter Eastern and Western Conference and then the finals, so... I think for the Jazz fans, we will be there, uh, not in Orlando, but we're going to broadcast in some capacity, most likely uh, from the sta- uh, from the arena. Uh, it's going to be remote broadcasts, and more information will come available. Uh, that's about all I know. Um, I-, I think again, they're trying to keep the limit of, of people uh, in the arena, and that includes you know broadcast crews, uh, the-, the TV trucks, the staff that has to staff it to make it happen. Um, so that still isn't in concrete, but I think we're getting closer to, to that. And I'm just happy that, that we'll be able to, to bring some jazz basketball to, to fans. That's, uh, you know, what I, I'm most, uh, you know, excited about. Yeah. Would I like to be in a, an arena? Would I like to have, you know, that, that feel of, of the moment? Yeah. But you know what? I don't think there's going to be much of a feel ex- among, except amongst the players, because again, it's going to be an empty, an empty house, and uh, what they do from that point on, we've heard all the, the what ifs and maybes, you know, crowd noise piped in, all that. But 
Uh, I think these guys will all have to play and find their own energy, which I think is going to be really one of the interesting factors of who wins this, who's mentally focused, who can work beyond no crowd, no home court advantage, no floor that reminds of reminds you of home. So there's, there's a lot of things that are, are coming into play. How much concern do you have about the possibility of some players not wanting to play for safety or health reasons or whatever else might be? Well, DK, I mean, it came out yesterday, you know, ESPN, I think it was Woj who do, who had those discussions that they said that the NBA and the Players Association uh, a day ago had, you know, lengthy discussions. And, you know, he said, I believe it was a faction of players are, are discussing whether or not it's a good idea to restart the season inside the bubble. So if you have, you know, it's a, I'm sure it's a small faction. Some players need the money. Other players don't. Uh, I think there's concerns about, obviously, the virus, and there's obviously concerns about going into a so-called quarantine bubble for a lengthy amount of time, and if, indeed, they do get guaranteed visits from from family members. So, yeah, there's a lot of issues there that have to be worked out, and the Players Association, of course, has a voice. And, PK, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a player or two or more, some high profile, maybe middle, maybe, you know, lower-profile players, but it may be their choice not to play. I mean, I just don't know their scenario of what's going on in their life. If, Like I said, if there's a caretaker, if uh, if they have children um, that have, you know, the concerns of special needs. And so I, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they, uh, what they end up doing. But they may give them the choice uh, whether or not to, to participate or not. But um, – you know, still haven't heard the final, uh, the final plan. Obviously, it's, it's there's still a lot of issues to go through, and it's you know kind of leaking out uh, day by day. Yeah, but I can hear it in your voice. You're so excited. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I want I want to call games. You know, I mean, I, I wish the scenario was different, obviously, but to get eight games and most likely the first round of the playoffs is uh, is exciting. I think fans. You know, we'll love to see ball again, and uh, obviously the Jets have to overcome Bogdanovich's, uh, you know, injury, which means Joe, who you're going to talk to in a half hour's time or less, he's going to play a huge role of jumping back in, most likely as a starter, and then that bench uh, with Jordan Clarkson and Moutier and George Niang and Tony Bradley, they're going to have to, you know, play at a high level. I think Quinn Snyder said yesterday, was it on first take? He had a lot of confidence in Donovan taking that next step and being a leader and, you know, in these playoffs. Um, and, you know, that's a big statement from Coach Q um, and that Donovan is ready to be that leader that we thought and think he is uh, in postseason play. So, yeah, there's a lot of storylines, not only with the Jazz guys, as you know, but throughout the league and throughout, you know, players' personal decisions and, again, the plan on how to really secure this so-called bubble uh, in Orlando to make this work and hopefully uh, somehow sidestep another outbreak. Uh, with that in mind, what do you think the quality of play is going to be? Because I think that guys are going to be really jacked to play because the game has been taken away from them. And so now they want to get back and they know that there's going to be a lot of tension, attention, not tension, attention <laughs> because of the usual circumstances. You know, PK, I, that's the one thing, too, that I, I think is going to come into into play. How physically prepared are they? How mentally prepared in the performance? How they all play as one? 
because you know I think they're going to be jacked. Some more maybe than others. Uh, but the bottom line is how fast do you come together? How much do you, you know, the play should be easy. I mean, you know, you're 18 games away from the playoffs. I mean, there shouldn't be any question about on the same page. But still, who's who's in the better shape? Who's mentally prepared to go through this, uh, this challenge or deal, whichever you like to put it? Uh, but I would think that most of these guys would be anxious to get back and play. But, I, you know, again, I think storylines that come out of Orlando will be some teams may disappoint. I think there's going to be a team or two that surprises because they may be more prepared and on the same page than others. Those eight games, PK, will be really huge, something to watch, because you're still going to get teams that are able to move up or some may move down in the, in the standings in the West, and there's only one team in the East that's going to participate to try to grab an eight spot. But that Western Conference, uh, I think the, the Blazers may be the, the most uh, jacked team of all because Lillard made those statements about not being that interested if there's no reason to play. Now he's there and he's got a chance to prove what he was, you know, prove, prove what his point was and go in and perform at a high level and, and maybe – you know, run his team into the eighth spot or better. But, man, those eight games are going to be something before the playoffs. I'm with you on that. I think you hit a lot of good points there. I'm also curious uh, how many star players are going to miss this for any reason before we start handicapping this. I mean, we know Bogdanovich isn't going to go. Now we've heard that the Spurs are going to be without Aldridge. Uh, I don't think they were going to make the playoffs anyway. I mean, they've got a shot, but it's a pretty narrow one. Uh, So... And they'd be eight, so I don't think they'd go very far. But I, I'm anticipating that we're going to hear some other big names for one reason or another. Surgery, injuries, health concerns, whatever. I, I assume there are going to be some other teams that are missing key pieces. No, I would agree. I, I think, again, before you handicap them, which some have already with Bogdanovich's injury, again, I think it goes back to the ESPN uh, poll or whatever of early or late last week. The Jazz were in a seventh spot. And I think they now handicapped him at 12th because of Bogdanovich's 20 points and his 41% shooting. Uh, they believe that's enough to put the Jazz in the middle of the pack or just below it. So, again, I'm with you. I think you're going to see some, some surprise names who won't be there or decide not to play. And then, of course, teams will have to under, deal with that on their own. Uh, the league is just trying to set up the, the opportunity and the stage to get the season back. But I'm sure there's going to be, uh, a, you know, some some players that decline to, to take the invitation. So, yeah, let's wait and see uh, how what the strength of each team is before they head in. And uh, we should, you know, they should be getting together here in the next three weeks. Uh, and you're going to get a, an idea of, you know, who's on the roster. You may also DJ and PK again. There may be a player or two or more that are off off of rosters, DeMarcus Cousins, Jamal Crawford. There's other guys that want the opportunity to jump back in this game and, you know, play another year. And they may, the teams may take a roll the dice and, and bring an unknown, well, we'll know them, but a, a player off their roster on it to help them, uh, you know, weave their way through this uh, this playoff scenario. So, that's another issue, I think, is not only will, will a player not play, but what player not on a roster will soon join one. And maybe with Bogdanovich off the roster, the Jazz have an open spot. Maybe they take advantage, too. We'll wait and see. 
I think the quality of play is actually going to be pretty good. What do you think? Um, maybe the first couple of games will be like, hey, who are you? Let's get back. And I think the basketball shape probably returns PK maybe a little sooner than usual. Uh, again, depends on how much they press them. But I think those first two games will kind of be, okay, we're, we're back at it. But they don't have any time uh, to say, hey, we're, we're trying to find connectivity. Uh, you've got to be almost instantaneous when you hit the floor down there. So I, I think it's going to be intense. Uh, for those who do play, I think they're there for a reason. And maybe I go back to my days of calling, you know, March Madness. But you know what? It's an opportunity to almost say to yourself, look, why not? If you want to take that approach, right, why not be Cinderella and, and upset the, the whole uh, apple cart of the NBA and be a, be a team that surprises and, you know, comes in and makes an early stand and pulls off a first-round upset and then who knows what happens. So I guess that's kind of the beauty of it. Uh, this is an intriguing playoff format. And one, you know, the NBA has been kind of you know teetering on changing anyway. And this is kind of the first step. If, if it works and people get excited, you may see reseeds. You may see play-in wild card tournaments. Who, know, who knows? But uh, I'm excited to get it going. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of intense, Ant B. PK just Aunt brought B. up BK just brought up the you know give me the the most motherly the best motherly TV character of all time and we started with some nominations and he brought up Ann B and I just completely yeah. dismissed her immediately she scared me there I said it fine <laughs> she had a scary look to her huh yes. yeah you know Aunt B was the motherly type but she's an aunt but she took on the mother uh, role yeah. for uh, for Opie, right? Yep. Uh, I got two other names. I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're on your list or not. But this is going way back to an old black and white comedy show. I think um, I'm not even. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's uh, Leave It to Beaver, June Cleaver. Anybody? Anybody? Wait, listen. When you get up in the morning, you got the pearls on to get breakfast ready for everybody. Yeah, you know that's uh, honestly something I've never heard of or seen ever before. I mean, the, look, the June never the looked like she was out of sorts, man. She was always dressed with the nines and you know the heels, and and uh, so she was like the perfect mom. And then I think of Carol Brady, who came in and had the Brady bunch and had to deal with, of course, uh, you know, raising not only her girls but the three guys and the husband. So I don't know what you guys think. Um, but Aunt B stands right there. Even though she's not like the mother, she's the mother figure. No. Yes. <laughs> uh, PK also brought up Peg Bundy. Does that work for you? Oh, my gosh. That's a great one. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I just happened to watch that show. Like, they have a string of it on, on one cable channel, and I was laughing so hard. She's not the best example, PK, of a mother, right? But she's she's you know she's she's it's a it's a great it's a great part. She's funny. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Marge Simpson. What about Marge? A cartoon, and yet nonetheless a tremendous mom. Yes, a tremendous mom. The hair does it for me, obviously. But cartoon that's been running on air now for what nearly is it twenty five plus years? Oh, it's thirty. It's thirty. Yeah, thirty years. How about that? First show, I think, on Fox Television, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, PK, that's a good one. Marge Simpson. Yeah. And the Bundy. 
Yeah. Those, uh, are, those are two those are two good ones. I'm trying to think of uh Modern Family. Um I'll watch a couple of shows with that, but then that's an interesting combination of uh, husband and wife um, bringing different families to get parts together. We're getting a lot. We're getting a lot now. A lot of support on Twitter for the mom from the Golden Girls. Oh, <laughs> oh golly, really? Okay. Yeah, Brady Levinson just sent it in. Uh, Tyrell Mikesell did. And now here comes uh, Cameron Beck. Told the oh. same thing. Yeah, the grandma from the Golden Girls. Hey, I got another cartoon character, Wilma Flintstone. <laughs> Bowler, you think like PK and I. You huh? given Wilma. <laughs> I mean, she had pebbles. Don't forget. <laughs> How could we forget? How can we forget the Flintstones? <laughs> really? Did I get it backwards? Uh, I else? thought. I thought she had. I thought she had Bam Bam. Am I backwards there? Uh, hold on. Pebbles I can't remember was, which kid uh, goes yeah, with backwards. which family. Bam Bam was uh, Barney's. Barney I think Rubble. they adopted. It was Bam yeah, Bam Barney. Rubble? Okay. Bam Bam Rubble. All right. My bad. How about that? And then I'll have to say, too, man, again, this is ridiculous for me even to think because I watch too much uh, uh, old-time television. But how about Lily Munster? <laughs> oh, bowler. Oh, bowler. Pulling back I know. The I know it's sad, isn't it? Holy cow. Holy <laughs> monster. Of the monster fame. All right. If you're too young to have seen that show, go uh, go watch a couple episodes. That's an hour of your life you'll never get back. Yeah, you'll never get back. Yeah, Herman. Uh, I think there's a channel, MeTV, that uh, is able to do black and whites uh, that are pretty good. So I, that's where I kind of tune in sometimes. But um, I'm always looking. You know what? When you travel like I do, you run into channels you never heard of that run old comedy shows. And there they are. And I just stop and watch. Well, Buckle, you're going to be broadcasted on remote from a different time zone for eight regular season games and at least four and maybe many more playoff games. So, well, I guess but you so, could probably but, do seven because they wouldn't let you do the second round. So. Yeah, I, th- I haven't heard anything about second round. Yeah. Maybe they'll be kind. But you know what? No. The networks have their issues as yep. well. And hey, I'm happy to get eight games plus the first round and uh, hope uh, Jazz fans are excited to get back at it too. Uh, we'll watch it together and, and – uh, July 31st, what are we looking at, guys? It's about six weeks out. So a lot of things are going to happen between now and then, especially with rosters, I think, and getting, getting the players back into the, uh, to the gyms, the practice facilities, and then they move them down for a, a good, what, two weeks before they, work, before they start to play. And that's where I think they're going to, you know, that may be the biggest pain of all is to go through the constant testing uh, and how they, how they handle the quarantine. It's... Uh, yeah, I think if you take it from start to finish and win the NBA championship at 70 days in Orlando, yeah. that's a pretty good haul. Um, that's, a, that's, that's a long run, unless you have some family that comes visit. But it's, uh, it's going to be a task, for sure. Bowler, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Tell Joe hello. And I saw he already had three cups of Joe, so he ought to be wound up. <laughs> thanks, Bowler. All right, see you soon. This is Craig Bullerjack. He joins us every week here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And we will talk to his radio tag team partner, the TV voice of the Jazz, Craig Bullerjack, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. David Locke is coming up later this morning right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.